June has been an absolutely crazy month for BC football recruiting. Will it go out with a whimper or a bang? We'll get into that on today's show. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome. This is Locked on BC. I am your host, AJ Black. Hope you're all doing well. Thank you all. This is a Friday episode of our show. We're going to start off with recruiting. We have basketball news and we have some hockey news. Yeah, folks, I'm going to talk hockey tonight here on today's Locked on BC. We're going to kick it off with football. Now, June has been an absolutely hectic month for BC football recruiting. In between official visitors, they've had close to 20 to 30. They've had 11 commitments. They've had guys that put BC in their finalists. And the the the, the class itself has started to shape what the class of 24 is going to actually look like. And so we are down to our final day. Friday is June 30th, the end of June. We are one month closer to the start of the football season. And there's some news that we need to get into to kind of talk about, you know, is there momentum heading into July or is, you know, we're going to start shuffling the cards again and finding out what BC is going to look like in terms of their big board moving forward. So the first big name is if you're on YouTube, you're looking at him right now, DeAndre Cook from uh, Friendship Academy, uh, Friendship Collegiate Academy in Washington, D.C., he is announcing on Friday. If you're listening to this on Friday, he may have already announced. He's down to Rutgers, UNC, Penn State, and BC. He visited all four schools, and he's going to announce on Friday. He's a defensive lineman. Uh, BC was, I think, the second school to offer him. Uh, he is a high three-star, uh, 86 or 87. So he's not super high, but he's up there. And so the question remains, will he be the next commitment for BC? And I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the Debbie Downer here on two four seven sports. I put in a crystal ball that he's not gonna end up at Boston College. I think when the chips fall on Friday, we're gonna find out from Cook himself that he's committed to Penn State. So I'm not expecting good news here. I've heard that he had a great visit to Happy Valley and that uh he, he, I mean, he made his announcement that he was going to make a decision right after he visited Penn State, which is usually a red flag. But people I've talked to, and this is not just my gut, I have, have said that Cook is most likely going to end up in the Alliance. So that's one that you're going to cross off your list. Another one you're going to cross off your list, Chris Lino. Chris Lino is an offensive tackle out of Seattle Prep in Washington. He was here on a visit. Um, early in June, he was down to Washington State in BC. He's from Seattle. It makes sense. He wanted to stay closer to home. He mentioned in his acceptance that a big piece was that there was a huge Polynesian um, contingent on the Cougars team. He really liked that. I thought maybe BC would have a chance. His sister goes to school at BU. Maybe that would have helped. He is not there. So my big question, and this is what I'm bringing up here, the Eagles are now 
their their offensive line board is basically wiped out. You have Brandon Sullivan, who they just offered about a week ago, and not a guy that you want to put at the top of your class based off of offers, but I have nothing against this kid. He's from Central uh, Catholic Memorial, big physical kid, um, not one that has an offer list that gets fans excited, but watches film and talk to people who have watched him play. He will get you, they, they will tell you what you need to know about him. And Gerby Lambert, also from Catholic Memorial. But we've talked about this before, that Lambert is one of the top recruits in the country. Will he end up at BC? So basically, you have Brandon Sullivan left. And hopefully, Gerby Lambert, if he can get him. But that, that's a that's a pipe dream one, right? So what does BC do now? In, in the age of internet and social media, it's, it's anxiety-provoking to see, like, Kyla Tuner, Chris Lino, CJ Williams – all these recruits that were top of BC's big board go to different schools and you're going, what is the staff doing? Well, you're three and nine. You you have to, you're playing from behind to start off, but what does BC do now? Now that you you wanted to, I'm assuming from what I've talked to to the staff, there's still multiple open spots on their, in this class for offensive linemen, Gerby Lambert's going to be a plus one. So there's other positions that you can still fill on the offensive line. In addition to that, right? What do they do? They're going to have to, I think and from what I've, t- I've talked to folks about is they, they go to plan B and these are guys, you know, and it's not a plan B as in like, you're going down a level. You're, you're now digging, you, you open up your board again and you start looking, you start watching film, you start evaluating again, seeing what you can find. And so some of these guys that you're going to look for are going to be uh, guys that you're going to want to wait and see senior year film. Now there's a kid uh, from, I think he's from Ghana that's playing in England. Uh, he's six seven. He's got offers from SEC and ACC schools and I'm Big Twelve. I mean, he was just at Baylor this last week. I know BC's high on him. Maybe he's somebody. I know that they're looking. I, I before I even jumped on, I could see the coaching staff looking on Twitter. You know, liking and, and following guys. They're out there looking, and these are not guys that are. I know. I know the the initial gut reaction is, oh, they're just gonna look at Mac guys. No, the guys that they're looking at still have big offers. So it's not like you're starting to like get, you know, huge developmental projects here. These are guys that I think could you know, it's 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 starting from scratch. You're you're gonna have to get them on for official visits and see all that good stuff again. But I still think there's still good talent out there. But it's still frustrating, right? You want to get offensive linemen because, as we saw last year, it's a major issue with this roster. So getting guys in is going to be important. So we'll have to see what Applebaum does. It's going to be an interesting thing. I know right now it's going to be quiet. We're hitting into to July. It's a, a uh, dead period. Uh, a lot of staff are on vacation. It's getting you know they're getting themselves ready for the for the season. So you know, I think news in that sense will probably be quiet for a little bit, but you never know. We'll wait and see. But in terms of good news, I'm expecting good news soon from a wide receiver. And if you follow me on Eagle Insider, you can find my crystal ball predictions. It's public now, but I put a crystal ball in for Cedric Lott. This is a 6-6 wide receiver out of Texas who was just on campus last weekend with 
his teammate, who I have not put a crystal ball in yet for, but we'll have to wait and see what he does. His name is Elijah Besa, who's committed to Arizona State right now. But Lot is a basketball player, so and he can dunk. So he's got he's got hops along with being six six. Not the most polished guy, but if you trust your staff to develop this kid, six six who can jump sounds like an intriguing prospect to me. Now he uh the the key with him is he's just learning football right now. But he's been at camps, he's been talking, you know, he's got a a good offer list so far. No power fives other than BC, but I I I expect if he commits to BC, when he plays this fall, he plays in Texas. He's from Mesquite, which I love that name. Mesquite, Texas. That if he plays, I'm guaranteeing that this, oh, he's a project. BC's taking a project guy is going to end up turning into, whoa, is BC going to be able to hold on to this guy based on the way he plays this 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 fall? Just wait and see if he does commit there. Okay. Now, in a moment, let's flip the script. We're done with football for the week. Let's get to basketball. And another out-of-conference game has been announced and we're going to find out who BC is going to play in the ACC-SEC Challenge. It's going to be a good matchup. We'll get into that in just a moment. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our good old friends over at FanDuel. Now, FanDuel is the official sportsbook partner of Major League Baseball. And if you're ready to take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball, FanDuel is, gets 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets, up to $200. On FanDuel. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks. You'll lay a $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can bet spending anything from the money line to over or under or who you think is going to hit a home, the first home run. Think Otani's going to do something crazy? Go over to FanDuel. You can get strikeout counts, home runs, wherever you think Otani's going to do. You can head over there. You can get those odds. Bet the over on everything that dude goes. He's the most interesting thing going on in Major League Baseball. It's all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. And the, 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 the part I love about FanDuel, this, I don't worry about the app. The app is perfect. It's easy to use. It's safe. You know you're making a nice, secure bet. It's like going to a casino, but it's on your phone. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. This is Locked On BC. I am your host, AJ Black. Now, this is for the folks listening live. If you're not done so already, we have three hours, two hours left. Get over to Eagle Insider. 50% off ends at midnight tonight. Sign up. I have I, I have decided to increase the coverage on the site. My first VIP article today was on an interview with a baseball player who transferred to BC from Holy Cross. I got to talk to the kid. Had some really interesting things you might want to hear about. Get in now. It's fifty-three bucks for the for the year. Go over to Eagle Insider. Just sign up. It it takes ten seconds. You'll get all your Boston College news for the next twelve months for fifty-three bucks. You won't get paywalled on anything. So head on over there. All right. So we're talking basketball now. Let's flip the script from baseball, basketball to, uh, sorry, from football to basketball. Now, let's let's give you some details here. So the ACC and 
SEC are going to play their first basketball challenge this fall. It's the end of November, I believe. I think it's the 28th and 27th or 28th and 29th. And this is replacing for BC the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And the reason it's changing is because of the media rights deals. Now, up until this point, the ACC and Big Ten had deals with ESPN that made it easy for the media conglomerate to throw them all together in this big challenge. You could get all those teams together and it would be beneficial for ESPN because they're all, uh, you know, um, licenses that they own, the ACC and the Big Ten. Now, the Big Ten in the last year, if you've been paying attention to college sports, they signed a new deal with Fox and with, you know, they're, they're all over the place, but none of it is with ESPN. So we knew when BC played Nebraska last year that that was going to be the end of the ACC Big Ten Challenge for BC. Now, ESPN did the, the smart thing and they adjusted. They pivoted. They took their two properties, the ACC and SEC, and put them together. Some really fun potential matchups. Um, when you think about it, you got Kentucky, you got Duke and UNC and Alabama's playing really well and Miami and, um, you know, some of the schools, LSU, things like that. You've got good programs across the board that could lead to some interesting matchups. Then you have Boston College. Again, this tournament is going to have an uneven number, just like it did with the ACC Big Ten because of Notre Dame. So one team gets the ax this year, and that was Louisville. Louisville fans don't seem to understand it, but I, if you're a Louisville fan listening to this, I'll give you a simple hint. You won two games in conference last year, like four total. You deserve to be left out. They were like, why is Boston College and Georgia Tech and all these? Well, you know what? You had two ACC wins. Boston College had nine. So that's just a little note for Louisville there. But for BC, they had a draw. And I love who they drew, which is the Vanderbilt Commodores. Now, BC has not played Vanderbilt in 23 years. The last time they played was in 2000 when BC won by 20 at home. But Vanderbilt, led by Jerry Stackhouse, yep, that Jerry Stackhouse, was a very good team last year. I think they were 22 and 15 and they made the third round of the NIT before, you know, beating Michigan and beating Yale before losing to UAB. They have a ton of talent on this team. They're some of their more talented players are returning and this is going to be a good game for BC. This is a good draw. I thought when I heard this, that BC was going to draw like a Mississippi state or Georgia or something, you know, like one of those schools that were more near the bottom. Vandy, Vandy was a borderline tournament team last year. So this is fun. And for folks that want to travel the games in Nashville, that is even better, right? So if you want to travel to this game, it's on the road, but this kind of, again, starts to fill out your schedule. And I'm, I'm seeing a pattern here. There's a lot of road games for BC in this out-of-conference schedule. So you have home games against Central Connecticut and Holy Cross. And Richmond, I believe, is at home. But you have out-of-conference games against St. John's, now Vanderbilt, 
well, St. John's is neutral, but it's not at Conti Forum. It's at Barclay, but that's still out of conference. You have the tournament, uh, which is the Hall of Fame Classic, which you'll play Colorado State, Creighton, and Loyola Chicago. There's still a few more games. I hope that the rest of those games are home games because you've already filled a lot of your out of conference with 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 away games. But I lo- I think this is you're you've already now you have two borderline tournament teams in your out of conference schedule just without even the mid level tournament. So you have a St. John's is gonna Rick Bertino is gonna have them as a top hundred Ken Palm rating. You know that's gonna happen. Vanderbilt is going to be up there. You got to, you could potentially, we don't know what the tournament's going to look like, but you could play Creighton, who could be a top 25 team. BC's out of conference schedule is, is looking pretty tough already. So that's just something to keep in, in mind when you're looking at this schedule. And before I get into my final segment, if you didn't go back, I, 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 I've been starting to put clips up from our show, but yesterday I put up, um, the my thoughts on playing UMass and other local teams more. And one team I didn't talk about enough. I think BC needs to play Providence more. Another Catholic school that's local that has a huge history against the school, also a very good program. They got to play PC more, man. So that's my last thoughts on that. Now in our final segment, BC hockey is back on the front page of college sports and the NHL in specific. I'll get into what all that means in just a moment. This is Locked On BC. I am your host, AJ Black. For all you everydayers, thank you so much. That if you've if you've subscribed, if you've liked, if you've shared our podcast, you guys all rule. Thank you so much. And we're gonna talk about hockey now. And I was watching the NHL draft the other day, and I was stunned. So much Boston College talent in that first round. Now, if you if you're not aware of how the NHL ta- draft works. It's more like Major League Baseball, where you're where you're drafting the rights to a player, and not like basketball or football, where you're actually getting that player. So the fact that three players went in the first round is not a bad thing for BC. Like you're getting those, you're going to get those guys anyways. They've all just said they're coming back, and so you're the three guys going in the first round set a record. I think it was the most by any program this past year. Now the the big one was Will Smith, who, if you would ask me, this picture that I have up on YouTube is not doing it justice. We've seen pictures of him. He looks like Killian, Killian Murphy from uh, Peaky Blinders, but with blonder hair. His face really looks like him. Um, but he went number four. This is a guy that broke records. Um, so uh, where is it? He was the Will Smith. Sorry, his name is Will Smith was named the MVP of the 2023 IIHF Under-18 World Championships with nine goals and 11 assists in seven games. That's 19 points in seven games. His 127 points during the campaigns ranked second all-time in the history behind his teammate, Gabe Peralt. He's from Lexington, and he is going to be one of the best players BC has. He went number four to the San Jose Sharks. Now, I mentioned Peralt. Peralt was drafted uh, by who was he drafted by the Rangers with the 23rd pick. He has the record with 185 total points and had 132 points the last season. Then 
you had Ryan Leonard, who was drafted by the uh, by the Capitals with the eighth pick. So three guys. You're adding all of these talented players onto Cudigarthier and some of the players that you have brought back. You have to think about this. And with the NHL draft, yeah, it's great. BC now has had 25 all-time first-round picks. Eight of those have come in the last five years. That's all great. But for for me, the bigger news here is that BC Hockey has got top-line talent for the first time in a while. In a lot of it. Yeah, when Alex Newhook was here, you started to feel like maybe that was it. But maybe this is it. Maybe you have it now. You have Gauthier, Leonard, Peralt, and Smith. BU is going to have a lot of players too. But maybe, maybe this is the year that BC Hockey is back. Maybe this is the year Greg Brown stamps his ticket to... a leg- as a legit BC head coach. Maybe it's winning the bean pot, the hockey East, making a run at something. You've got a ton of talent now, and this is going to be an exciting year for BC hockey. And I can't wait to talk about it with you folks because they've done a killer job on the recruiting trail because it wasn't just these three. They were, I, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. It's either five or six, six selected. Yeah. There was three other guys. So Gabe Fowler, their goalie went in the third round to the, to the Canucks drew Fortiscu, a defense defender went in the third round to the Rangers. He's going to be teammates with Peralt and Aaron Manishin, another defense defenseman went in the fourth round to the Dallas stars. So a lot of talent went with BC here. Very, very uh, fun night for, if you're a BC hockey fan, and I don't talk about BC hockey enough, but I'm ready to talk about them. I'm ready to get excited about them. Are you? We'll be back on Monday, hopefully with some recruiting news, and we'll get into much more. Thank you all so much. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack247. Hit the like button on this video. And thank you all again. Take care, everyone. We'll see you again soon.